Hi, and welcome this day. So glad you have chosen to join us. How do you let go of the things that are holding you back from having a good life? All of us want a good life. I can't imagine that anybody say, no, I hope my life is miserable, right? We want a good life. And yet there are these times, right? Where we feel like situations, people, like things pop up ourselves can sometimes get in the way that kind of keep us back from feeling that, from experiencing it, from knowing what a good life is. And so as we're thinking about that, like, how do we let go of those things? How do we say, you know what? This is not going to hold me back any longer. So today we are going to look at a few different sayings of Jesus, a few different interactions where he is digging in on this. And it becomes this whole thing of realizing, wait a minute, sometimes we are holding ourselves back, something internally, something about the way that we're coming at things. And sometimes it's the way we are responding to others. And sometimes our responses and our actions may be getting in the way of someone else and of them having a good life. And so really being able to take stock and how do we figure this out? How do we come at it from many different things so that we can recognize, we can experience the blessings of God? So before we start reading, let us pray. God of wonder, we give thanks this day for the opportunity to kind of get at, wrestle, explore, what does it mean to recognize your blessings? What does it mean to be able to let go of the things that hold us back from a good life, from those blessings that you are constantly giving us? Help us, oh God, this day as we read through scripture, may it inspire us in new ways of living and being. Amen. So starting in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Some people brought children to Jesus so that he would place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples scolded them. Allow the children to come to me, Jesus said. Don't forbid them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to people like these children. Then he blessed the children and went away from there. All right, so some have gone, all right, what in the world is going on here? Some have interpreted this as, well, maybe at that time in the ancient world, Maybe the segment of people that's coming to Jesus, most likely Jews, maybe they're not valuing their children. Maybe they don't have a status. And the New Testament professor, A.J. Levine, pushes back on that, says, no, oh, wait, there was a value to children or else they wouldn't have brought them in the first place to Jesus. Good point on that. And so then... Okay, well, if that's the case, if they do value their children and they do see their children as worthy and they're bringing them to Jesus to bless, then why are the disciples scolding them? Why are they like, no, 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 you can't, don't get near them? And that's a moment of reflection on, okay, maybe they're trying to control the situation. Maybe they're trying to separate out who they think is worthy, who they think is not. Maybe, maybe they think, well, this should go a particular way. And that's the opportunity for us to go, how often because of our wanting to control a situation, our wanting of, well, no, it can only happen in a particular way, in a particular order, do we get in the way, not only of ourselves experiencing the blessings of Jesus, 
but we may get in the way of someone else. And that should actually kind of lead us to that discussion of, okay, well, what are the blessings of Jesus? Like, what is Jesus offering in this moment? And the theologian Henry Nouwen makes this statement, to give someone a blessing is the most significant affirmation we can offer. And so if we're thinking about how Jesus is affirming, he's affirming the children, he's affirming the adults, he's affirming everyone around. He's saying, all are welcome to this blessing, this blessing of worth, of saying you are worthy, you do matter to God. And that's a really important message because it can sometimes get into us that we think, we don't matter. It doesn't matter what I do, what I say. I can't do anything, right? That's a sense of we don't belong, we don't have a purpose, and we don't feel love. And Jesus is going, no, I'm going to affirm in everyone that I meet that presence of God is with them, which is a blessing, that they are worthy, which is a blessing, that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, that you matter to God. You are worthy. And so for ourselves, as we're thinking about that, of how do we internalize that message for ourselves, but in the way that we engage with others, do we ever kind of get in the way? Do we ever cause issues with that? Do we ever kind of go, oh, I'm not quite sure how to do that? And so to begin to take that step back. So continuing on in Matthew 19, verses 16 through 20, a man approached him and said, teacher, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. The man said, which ones? Then Jesus said, don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The young man replied, I've kept all these. What am I still missing? So a couple of things here that are really important for us to consider in this. Right there at the very beginning, a man approaches Jesus. We don't know much about him except that he has some status. And we he gets this thing. He goes, teacher, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And what's important for us to know is what good thing there is at this time that the only one who is good, which Jesus says, the only one who is good is God. And so what this guy is asking about is he wants to be good. He wants to be perfect. He wants to elevate himself to God. And so he's keeping a checklist. Everything I have to do to be perfect. Everything I have to do to have a perfect life. And yet he still feels empty. He's like, I think I'm still missing something. And that's really important for us to think about for ourselves because sometimes we can get in those modes of perfectionism of if we just check a few things more off the list, then everything will be great. And then it's not. Even when the things that we are doing are good. And Jesus is rattling off some of the Ten Commandments here. And it's important to realize that the Ten Commandments are all about how to be in relationship with others, how to be in relationship with God. It's not exactly a checklist. It's about how are we living into that relationship? How do we encourage? How do we love? How do we have good and healthy relationships with others? And so as we're thinking through that, as we're navigating what this guy, what's going on, 
of going, he it may be doing good, but he is not fulfilled. He is not at peace. This is nothing but a checklist. And as he's keeping this checklist of perfectionism, of trying to get to the elevation of God, that he doesn't feel fulfilled. He feels empty. He feels like it doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. And so to recognize that there are times where if we get too focused on being perfect, if we get too focused on, I have to do it right, I have to get it right, that we begin to miss the love, we begin to miss gratitude, we begin to miss being at peace and living into it. So this is a really hard spot because the guy's like, what am I missing? And so Jesus answers him. Jesus answers with, Jesus said, if you want to be complete, go. Sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away saddened because he had many possessions. All right. So Jesus is trying to get him to understand a blessing of love, God's blessing of love, God's blessing of gratitude, God's blessing of peace. And so Jesus recognized that this particular guy, he's holding on to stuff. He is holding on to specifically possessions that he values, that he takes his comfort from, that he's trying to obtain and get more of so that he is filling himself up with those things, even though they keep leaving him empty. And so Jesus is like, you got to let go. Like you got to stop holding on to those things that are holding you back from experiencing love, holding you back from experiencing peace, holding you back from experiencing gratitude. And so he's like, go sell it all. Now we may be thinking, okay, well, I don't have really a whole lot. That's not really my issue. But are there things that we hold on to that you may be holding on to so tightly that they are holding you back, right? We can hold on to all kinds of things. We can hold on to anger. We can hold on to despair. We can hold on to always having to be right. We could hold on to looking good. We can hold on to particular possessions. We can hold on to points of view. We can hold on to certain things so tightly that it actually keeps us from experiencing the blessings of love, gratitude, and forgiveness. It keeps us back. It holds us back from experiencing the blessing of God's presence. And so Jesus is trying to get him to like wake up, to kind of realize, and the guy's like, yeah, I'm not willing to give that up. I'm not willing to let things go. I'm just going to keep holding on to it more tightly. And so he goes away saddened. And to think about those things that we try to acquire, maybe it's even status, accomplishments, and we reach them and we still feel empty because we are holding on to those things more tightly than we are holding on to the blessings of God's presence, of God's love, of God's peace, of God's gratitude. Then verses 23 through 27, then Jesus said to his disciples, 
I assure you that it will be very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's easier for a camel to squeeze through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. When the disciples heard this, they were stunned. Then who can be saved? Jesus asked, they asked. Jesus looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible for human beings, but all things are possible for God. Then Peter replied, look, we've left everything and followed you. What will we have? All right. So this is really important, especially after this whole moment with the guy who's asking all the questions. So the disciples, he looks at the disciples and they recognize that this guy is struggling with what he's holding on to. It's also important to know that in the ancient world, if you had a lot of power and you had a lot of money, you thought that the gods, the multitude of gods had blessed you, that that's what blessing meant. And sometimes people still think that today. If my bank account is bigger, if I have the perfect job, if I have the bigger house, if I got the bigger bank account, right? And we've talked about this before, that we consider that a blessing and that it is not. And Jesus is like, okay, that is not what we're talking about here. And so he goes with this image, a very famous image of a rich person, right? It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. That whole saying, right, is impossible, right? A camel can't squeeze through the eye of a needle. And Jesus is like, and it'll be harder for a rich person. It'll be harder for a person who is holding on to greed, right? Greed being that money is the end all, be all, will save your life. There is nothing bigger, nothing better, that our life is consumed by it. And we know, right? We know stories of where that happens. And it so consumes the person that they really aren't that happy. They may put on a good show, but they really aren't that happy. And we, have, we know stories, right, of where they have so much, and yet they are so miserable. And to think about that, also camels carry a lot. And think of all of the burdens that we carry, that we're trying to get to the good life. We're, we're trying to be in that whole receiving of God's blessings, but we're carrying so much that we absolutely cannot reach it. And so the disciples go, well, wait a minute. Like you were just talking with the kids and everybody's welcome and everybody's included, but now you're saying, only God can do this. What, what in the world is kind of going on? Then who can be saved? And Jesus said, looked at them carefully, looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible for human beings, but all things are possible with God. That moment of going, all right, whatever we're carrying, whatever we're holding on to, whatever is so consuming our life that it keeps us from a good life. It keeps us from recognizing God's blessings of worth that we matter. It keeps us from experiencing God's blessings of love and gratitude and peace that whatever's holding us back, God can help us in this. We can't do this alone. We can't necessarily just let go of it alone. We can try, 
but God is going to be the one that helps us. God is the one that, you know what, if we're trying to give it over to God and it's not just a one-time deal, like, Hey God, I need you to take this from me. That's really not. It's like a constant, like, Hey God, I need some help in this. Hey God, can help me let go of, Hey God, show me another way. It's like this constant conversation with God of finding a new path of navigating into a new way of trying to understand those blessings and trying to go, wait a minute, what do I need to let go of? What keeps getting in the way at this moment? And so to think of all of the blessings, right? To begin to go, okay, so what kind of blessings are we talking about that Jesus is giving right here? A blessing that we don't have to do life alone. We aren't alone in the things that we go through and the things that we need to give up. A blessing of we don't have to be perfect. Jesus is like the only perfect one is God. None of us are perfect. All of us need some help. A blessing of God gives us new ways of operating. Like all of the ways that we go about things that maybe, you know what, that's really not healthy. That's not helpful that, you know what, we can change course. God can give us a new way. God can guide us in new ways. We don't have to keep coming at the problem the same way. We can come at it from different directions. A blessing that God can change our narrative, can change our story. For some of us, our stories are complex. Maybe they're hard. Maybe they're even painful. But God can change that narrative where it no longer has a hold on our lives, but actually our narrative can be one of freedom, of a new way of living and being. A blessing that we don't have to be stuck in the same old patterns, right? With the same old thinking patterns, the same old reactions, we don't have to be stuck there. A blessing that we can change our perspective. A blessing that what we thought we couldn't let go of we actually can. If we go, I can't let go of that. How are we giving it to God? How are we asking God for help? Does it mean it's instant? Does it mean it will take a week, a month, a year? It may take a little longer, but are we asking for God to help us in what we need to let go of, of giving us a new direction? A blessing that God keeps guiding, encouraging, and explaining if we are willing to ask. Notice how, right, Jesus is teaching them. They've all experienced this moment, a couple of moments, and Jesus teaches them, and they still don't understand it. In fact, Peter, Peter is about to express a whole lot of fear in what he says, but Jesus still answers. Jesus is still in it with him. And so that blessing of God will keep guiding and encouraging and explaining if we are willing to ask. And then a blessing that we don't have to stay in fear. And to think about that, that we do not have to stay in fear. Fear, right? We hear fear. Paul's or Peter's hesitation. Look, we've left everything and followed you. What will we have? Wait a minute. Like, how are we about to be compensated? How is this about to work? Are we about to get status? Like, he's worried. He is fearful for his future. He is fearful for how this works. And to realize that when we get fearful, we are beginning to dismiss the blessings of God. That those fears we hold on to can get in the way of us having a good life. They certainly get in the way of peace. 
They get in the way of gratitude. They get in the way of love. They get in the way of our purpose and our belonging. They get in the way of our joy, right? If we think about it, fears, as they begin to bubble up, as they can take over, if we're holding on to that fear, they get in the way of so much. They can destroy relationships. They can eat away at ourselves to recognize that a blessing of God is that we don't have to hold on to those fears any longer. Continuing on in verses 28 through 30. Jesus said to them, I assure you, who you who have followed me, that when everything is made new, when the human one sits on his magnificent throne, you also will sit on 12 thrones overseeing the 12 tribes of Israel. All who have left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, or farms, because of my name will receive 100 times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. All right, that's a lot of language. And we're like, wait, what's he kind of explaining there? And to hear that first part again, I assure you, you who have followed me, that when everything is made new, a blessing of new, a blessing of renewal, a blessing that, you know what, God's presence is with you. And if you're trying to figure out what that means, how that looks, how you even live that, if you're trying to figure out how to live into, all right, God says I am worthy. God says that I matter. If we are trying to live into love and gratitude and peace, if we're trying to live into joy, if we are trying to keep asking those questions, if we're trying and go, oh, man, it's really hard to set aside some fears, but if we are trying, the presence of God surrounds us and is magnificent in ways that we cannot totally comprehend here. It surrounds us and elevates our souls. It renews us and transforms us in ways that maybe today is a little bit hard to imagine. It's a little bit hard to imagine. And if we've ever gone through something really difficult, we kind of know this, right? When you're in the front of, you're experiencing, you're in the middle of the difficult, it is very hard to see, to experience, to think, man, this could get better on the other side, to be restful, to be at peace with whatever it is, that chaos that's kind of swirling around, kind of like we were talking about over the last couple of weeks, right? When we are in the chaos and yet God is still blessing us, God is still present. And so here, Jesus is like, he's setting forth this blessing of renewal, this blessing of transformation, that whatever path that we are on, if it is not a good life, if we feel empty and unfulfilled, if we feel like we don't matter, that God's still there. God's still trying to guide us in new and different ways into new places, right? Because he told that guy, you need to go. Because sometimes when we are unfulfilled, we've got to move our thinking. We've got to move our perspective. We've got to move how we are navigating that journey, that road. We've got to move ourselves in new directions, change the way that we are operating. And so here, Jesus is casting forth and saying, here's how this newness is going to work. But then he finishes it with something kind of interesting. 
But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. This blessing of renewal doesn't make us better than someone else. It doesn't make one better than another. It's not an us versus them. This is not a, oh, well, God's with you. God must not be with you. No, no, no. God's with us all. Sometimes we realize it at different points, but God never leaves any of us. We are all created. We are all children of God. We are all given blessings. Now, whether we recognize those blessings or not, but that doesn't make us better than someone else. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. That we're all in this together. A blessing of renewal that changes our relationships to things, that changes our relationship to our thoughts, especially those thoughts that say, not worthy, don't matter, unloved, it can never be peaceful. Changing that relationship with all of those things that we hold on to, that especially things like fear that are getting in the way of a good life, of getting a life that is blessed, that we recognize those blessings of God, that we recognize those blessings even when things aren't great, even when situations are hard, even when relationships aren't the way that we want them, but to think about how God changes our relationship to our thinking, the way that we show up, the way that we are able to navigate situations, even when they're difficult. A renewal. God is bringing something new. And so here Jesus is giving us all kinds of blessings that challenge the things that we hold on to. And so for ourselves, what are the things that you're holding on to right now that you go, you know what, this is getting in the way. I need to let go of. How will you be challenged by the scripture? What do you need to converse with God about? What are the things you need to lift to God in prayer? What are the things that you need to share with others so that they can walk alongside you? How will you recognize that this renewal doesn't mean that you are at it alone, but instead, how will you recognize that God's love keeps going with you? As you keep asking, keep being challenged, how will you feel today about experiencing God's blessings? Means I got to let something go. How will all of us begin to think through all the things that we need to let go of that are holding us back from experiencing God's blessings of presence, God's renewal? Amen. Please join me for communion.